0: You know what I love about clinical medicine? It's always evolving and ever-changing. We're always finding new and better ways to take better care of our patients. But you know what's also frustrating about medicine? It sometimes contradicts itself. ACOG just finished its annual clinical and scientific meeting. During that meeting, one of the presentations raised the issue that we're just not screening women for gestational diabetes early enough when they meet criteria. ACOG does recommend that we screen all pregnant women for gestational diabetes at 24 to 28 weeks. However, ACOG did update its guidance in 2017 to align with that of the American Diabetes Association, recommending early screening for women who are at high risk for gestational diabetes, specifically patients who are overweight or have additional risk factors. But does earlier diagnosis actually lead to better outcomes? Not according to a publication from the American Journal of OBGYN from May of 2020. So what do we do with this? Do we screen patients early, if even if it doesn't change clinical outcome? Well, let's talk about this somewhat contradictory information in this session now. At That's O L L Y dot com. Well, let's start off this discussion by first reviewing the presentation by OBGYN Shoba Jagannatham, who is an OBGYN at Mount Sinai West and Morningside. This author stated that we're just not adhering to the 2017 ACOG recommendations to screen for gestational diabetes early on, as this author stated. Quote. Earlier diagnosis will help patients to engage in behavior changes and potentially start hypoglycemic agents earlier. So the idea, of course, is that early screening could provide benefits to the mother and the unborn child. These researchers reviewed the charts of 314 women who gave birth at Mount Sinai West in January 2020. They reported that although one-third of the women met ACOG's criteria for early GDM screening, only 12 actually received it. Nearly one-fifth of the women who met the criteria for early GDM screening but were not screened were ultimately diagnosed with GDM further along in their pregnancy. So the researchers stated that this raises the question of whether obstetric providers are recognizing that the patients who met criteria for early screening actually qualify and should get the early screening protocol. However, the question remains, does identifying gestational diabetes early and, and then implementing care actually prevent adverse outcomes? After all, I mean, that's why we're doing it, right? To try to get better outcomes. I mean, this isn't just an academic or a medical experiment. Ideally, if we can find these women that have hyperglycemia early on in pregnancy, then of course you would think that we get better outcomes. But hold on, because that's not actually what the first RCT to actually look at this actually found. In May of 2020, in the American Journal of OBGYN, the Gray Journal, they published the first completed U.S. trial that actually compared early versus routine screening for gestational diabetes in an RCT and then actually looked at any difference in adverse events. Well, the results were kind of disappointing. So let me beat it to the punch. There was no real difference in outcome. But let's dive into this study a little bit more in detail because this is actually an article that also presents in the American Board of OBGYN's maintenance of certification list. Look, before we dive into the results, let's put this thing into perspective. I mean, early screening just does make sense. Early screening and diagnosis of gestational diabetes would allow for earlier treatment by as many as 14 weeks and potentially would decrease fetal exposure to hypoglycemia during critical periods of fetal growth and development. As treatment of gestational diabetes diagnosed at 24 to 28 weeks may lead to decreased C-section, macrosomia, and reduced shoulder dystocia and even preeclampsia, earlier treatment then should hopefully further decrease these risks. However, the recommendations for early screening are actually based largely on expert opinion and they're not widely adopted. Most do in fact screen at 24 to 28 weeks. Now, In contrast to ACOG that does recommend early screening, the U.S. Preventative Service Task Force determined that there was insufficient evidence to recommend early screening. So, because there was no real RCT evidence, these authors chose to pursue a pragmatic randomized controlled trial to test the hypothesis whether early screening, which was performed between 14 and 20 weeks, would improve selected perinatal outcomes compared to routine screening at 24 to 28 weeks, and of course, this was in obese women. In this study, enrolled patients underwent randomization in a one-to-one ratio in blocks of equal size. Women with major medical illnesses, known fetal anomalies, and chronic steroid use were excluded because they were at increased risk for the primary outcome for reasons unrelated to gestational diabetes. All screening, regardless of gestational age or group assignment, was performed using the two-step method. Women underwent a non-fasting 1-hour 50-gram glucose tolerance test and if results were greater than 135, including a 1-hour result greater than 200, then patients were asked to undergo a fasting 3-hour 100-gram tolerance test. Now, This tolerance test was done in accordance to the carpenter calcin criteria. Remember that carpenter calcin uses a fasting blood glucose of 95, a 1 hour of 180, 2 hour of 155, and a 3 hour of 140 as the cutoffs for abnormal. In women randomized to early screening, if they were negative for gestational diabetes prior to 20 weeks, of course, they repeated the same gestational diabetes screening at 24 to 28 weeks, starting with another non-fasting 1-hour 50-gram glucose tolerance test. Now, during the time of the study, ACOG had indicated that insulin and oral medications were equivalent in efficacy, and either agent could be considered as first-line, so providers were given discretion as the first-line agent based on patient preference, insurance, and glycemic control in the previous week, allowing practitioners and patients to determine the most appropriate first-line medication actually mimics real-world practices. Now perinatal outcomes were abstracted from the medical records at delivery and through the six weeks postpartum. Now if patients did not deliver at the participating hospitals then medical records were obtained from the delivering hospital or the delivering physician. The adverse events that were looked at included the following macrosomia, primary C-section, pregnancy-induced hypertension, and even shoulder dystocia, neonatal hypoglycemia, and of course, neonatal hyperbilirubinemia macrosomia was defined as an absolute birth weight greater than 4,000 grams, and pregnancy-induced hypertension was defined according to Agra criteria of greater than or equal to blood pressures of 140 over 90, and the typical PIH slash preeclampsia criteria were adhered to. Now the study was powered using 80% power calculation, so a sample size of 58 women with gestational diabetes per group, was necessary to be statistically significant in results. Alright, now that we've laid down all that background, let's come back and talk about the specific results that these researchers found. Now before I get into the results, just a couple of quick facts. Some patients who qualified for early screening just didn't get it because their physician failed to order the test. And the authors make it clear that even in those who had early screening and passed, 58% were later found to have gestational diabetes at routine screen. So remember, even though some qualified for early testing, the physician just didn't order it, so that could have messed up some of the results. And in those who had early screening, 58% ended up later with a diagnosis of gestational diabetes at 24 to 28 weeks, showing again that, well, nothing's perfect. (laughs) Okay, here's the bummer. The composite primary outcomes occurred in 56.9% of patients who were screened early and 50.8% of patients who had routine screening. What does that mean? It means it wasn't statistically significant. Individual components of the composite outcome were also not significantly different between groups. Gestational age at delivery, rates of induction, and large for gestational age were similar between randomization groups. Women in the early screening group were more likely to be placed on insulin, however, than those in the routine screening group. So, in this randomized controlled trial, the authors found that screening obese women for gestational diabetes between 14 and 20 weeks was not associated with a decrease in the composite adverse perinatal outcomes of primary cesarean section, macrosomia, pregnancy-induced hypertension, shoulder dystocia, hyperbilirubinemia, or neonatal hypoglycemia. I mean, what a disappointment. Now remember, this is the first completed US-based trial to compare early versus routine screening for gestational diabetes in a randomized fashion. However, prior retrospective studies have also suggested that early screening in high-risk populations may not be beneficial. Hong et al. reported that women who were screened early required oral antidiabetic agents or insulin more frequently than those without an early screen, but they had similar rates of cesarean section, preeclampsia, and macrosomia. Other studies have found similar results. Two intervention trials of early treatment for GDM in an already screened population also suggests that early treatment is just not beneficial. Okay, so wait a minute. What do we do with this? So we just left the ACOG virtual clinical meeting with a presentation that said we're just not screening early enough for gestational diabetes, especially in obese patients, before 24 to 28 weeks. However, we just reviewed a publication from the ABOG reading list that said that early treatment didn't really do anything. Well, what the heck are we supposed to do with that? Well, the truth is, although that RCT did give great information and retrospective studies have in fact shown no real benefit, it is part of the recommendation from the college to do interventions early because it may be a finding that we just haven't found yet because we might need bigger studies to confirm the benefit. But it all comes down to this. Is it harmful to screen early and is it harmful to treat early? Well, as far as we can tell, no. So because the potential benefit might be there, with very little risk, it does make sense to try to identify women early. But remember, my job is just to give you the information. At one point, we are not screening early enough. On the other point, it doesn't make any difference. (laughs) Again, I told you at the beginning, don't you just love medicine, especially when it seems to contradict itself? So, if you're asking, well, what's my opinion, I do believe there is value in screening women early, even though we may not really know what that value truly looks like. Above all, it's all part of patient engagement, patient buying into their care, and overall starting an earlier, healthier lifestyle instead of just waiting for the third trimester, like 24 to 28 weeks. Well, again, things aren't always clear, from 2021 pushing early screening for gestational diabetes to a publication, in RCT in 2020, saying that it doesn't actually work. I'm going to leave the final decision and the final interpretation up to you. We're thankful that you're part of our podcast family. Remember, we've reviewed a presentation from the ACOG Clinical Meeting of 2021 and compared it to results from a study published in May of 2020 from the Gray Journal. That article also pops up in the maintenance of certification list for the American Board of OBGYN. Thanks for being part of our podcast family, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.